Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Millennial Mirrors, a discussion on millennial life in the Middle East. So this week's episode is about modern parenting with Khalid Al-Amri. Uh, we were supposed to have Salama, but unfortunately she was not able to make it because she was feeling a little under the weather, but we still got a really cool episode for you guys. Uh, we talk about the messages that they try to convey in their content. Um, we have an emotional conversation about like their children, which was just beautiful. And then we talk about the struggles of modern day parenting in the age of social media. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed making it and uh, tune in. This episode is sponsored by Carriage, a great app for ordering what you need in a super convenient way with no minimum orders. You could literally just order a cup of coffee. Hi, Khalid. Welcome to the episode. Hi, again. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, like, we had an issue with the mic, so we're actually redoing this whole intro again. Um, That's all so, good. That's all good. So, thanks for taking the time to be here. Thanks for having me, man. It's um, an honor. Can you introduce yourself real quick to the peeps again? Sorry, I know you went through the whole detailed <laughs> description the first time around, so no. I won't make you do it again, but, like, a Cliff Notes version, maybe? No, I, I mean, I'm in video, right? Yeah. So, we have to do the same thing, like, 20 times from right. different angles, so... It's 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 amazing, man. Um, so the simple one is is I'm Khalid and I make videos. Okay, and as I told you, we have some fans outside. One of them is my videographer who loves your content. Thank you. Um, can you tell people a bit more about the content that you create? Because you don't just make videos. There's like a real message behind the videos. You yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, for me, it's always about two things. You know, when I started making videos, um, and I wanted to do it full time, quit my job, go do it. Um, my dad gave me one piece of advice. Yeah. He's like, look, if you're going to make videos, you have to be able to do one thing. Inform people. Right. Let them know something new and let them be inspired by that. Mm -hmm. Or two, that you can make them laugh. Okay. He's like, if you can do one of them, you'll be all right. All right. If you can do both of them together, you'll be great. If you can do none of them, you stay in your job. <laughs> <laughs> Good so, advice, I guess. So yeah. that's what we always try to do, whether it's, uh, you know, a video about, you know, something that's deep in our culture, deep in our religion, deep in our way of life in this part of the world. I always try and set, give that message with information and humor. So so it's just like, so it's digestible, man. I just right. feel that a lot of information that we've always tried to share from this part of the world abroad, either for because where the media is steering its attention to, I just always feel it's forced. Right. It's just like we're trying to shove it down people's throats. Mm -hmm. Where we can't just take this approach where it's just like, look, here's just some lighthearted message about something that's beautiful to us in our culture and our religion. And the, a lot of the things that I like to do is sort of the, the British style of humor, which is like the self-deprecating stuff. Right, so right. to put myself in that position where I'm the one who made to feel awkward or I'm the one in a weird situation that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and, and I just feel a lot of people relate to that and a lot of people connect with that. And a lot of people, because they have that initial connection, they're able to you know, digest that information and open their hearts to the information. And that's always been my approach, no matter what we're trying to do. So what are some of the main messages you try to convey through your content? That we're all the same. Mm -hmm. um, like, I just, there's so much effort being put on division. Um, and so many different, and every, everywhere you go, there just seems to be like a lot of focus on what makes us different. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're seeing countries now where leaders are coming and just, you know, dividing them up, man. Yeah. You know, just chopping, you know, they, they go here, they go there, we're this, they're that. You know, where at the end of the day, we're all the same. You know, and that's just a message that I always try and convey that we all, regardless of our religion, regardless of our, our race, or color, whatever it is, we all want the same thing. You know, we all just want to be happy, live lives of dignity, live lives of peace. And I think by reiterating that message every single time, we, we build the bridges of, of humanity. Right. Um, and for me, um, that's always been the main goal behind the videos. And was it difficult for you to kind of make that decision in terms of putting yourself, your wife, and, and I mean, your family life to a certain extent out there in, in these videos, considering, I guess, how our culture and how private people tend to be? Mm. What, was that, that, how, what was that decision like? That was, it was kind of came naturally, like, to Salama and I. I mean, we're just really cool. I like, like, she's my best friend. Yeah. And we just click on on camera and off camera. Yeah. And who we are on camera is pretty similar to who we are off camera, minus some lines that we have to say. Right. Um, we don't include the kids. That I don't think we, we barely included the kids. In terms of having our kids have like say things and right. act, like act or whatever like that's a big no-no for us okay. they might be in the b-roll or where they are naturally with us yeah. but never push to do something Un- until the like now Kharifa comes sometimes and says baba i want to be on the t- i want to be on the show mm-hmm. so i'll be like okay what do you want to say what do you want to do why right. do you want to okay. be on the show right um i need it to be a conscious decision from them but in terms of like salam and i it just it always came naturally like for 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 me especially I'm not really good at a lot of things. But the thing that my mom said that I've always been good at is just being able to capture an audience, whether it's one person, whether it's a hundred. Just being able to talk about an issue, a topic, in a way that people can connect with and digest. Put numbers in front of me, I'm awful. (laughs) Uh, Science, I would never be good. It's like my mom, she's so proud, you know, People look at it as these Facebook videos. My mom look at it, looks at it as me coming into who I should have been all along. And, you know, she's so proud. For, for, for me, you know, I just love being able to do it and, and show my parents and show my family and show everyone that this is who I was born to be and I can't be anything else. So that's, that's a really, like, beautiful message um, because you're talking about yourself in relation to your parents and, and how they see you coming into your own do you think there's a very big, like, there is a difference between, I guess, how it was for our parents raising us and how it is for us now raising our children and the new generation of children? Absolutely. I think, I think the biggest change is that for my parents' time, it seems like everything was set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, high school, college, college. Degree, degree, job, job, marriage, marriage, kid, kid, house, house. You know, it's just yeah. that that was the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and job was set in stone too. Hmm. Uh, briefcase, office. Yeah. Uh, bo- boiler suit, like those those uh, one piece suits that they wear on rigs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were an operational <laughs> guy. Yeah, that's what you wear. That's it. That was the job. Whereas now things are changing so dramatically. That what a job's going to look like for my kid, I don't know. And I think the sphere or the spectrum of what's acceptable as employment in our culture mm-hmm. has changed dramatically. 
just the fact that me and you are sitting here. Yeah. You're a full-time podcaster. I'm a full-time video guy. Yeah, yeah. That's like, true. Like, we would be laughed out the room. Very true. 10, the day. 20 years ago. Yeah, even 10 years ago. Yeah, you're right. Even 10 years. Because that's when we, like, we're, we're in, like, college then or something. Yeah. Or that, I was just coming back from college. So we would have been laughed out the room. So I think what parents are trying to continue to push on our culture, our generation, is whatever you do, I don't care what you do, it just needs to be sustainable. Hmm. It needs to sound sustainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, and I was reading this great book that said, if you're in a full-time job where you don't need to change, that's actually the riskiest thing that you can do. How so? Because what they say is what was sustainable before was sustainable because the future was predictable. Right. Whereas now, where they say that, you know, technology is going to take 80% of the job, like all these things. Right. No, I'm not saying technology is going to take 80% of jobs, but they're, they're definitely going to, what change they say, them. change them. And if you're doing the same thing every day at a standardized job, that's a risk. Yeah. Because yeah. That, those are the jobs that are first going to get taken by technology. Yeah. All right. So for me... What I need to teach my kids, just because I think we're on the cusp of it. We're, mm-hmm. we're like, think changed happened within our generation. And we were right. able to sort of somewhat adapt. Right. But for my kids, that's all I can teach them. Yeah. To How to adapt. Yeah. How yeah. to change. Like, and, and the third and most important is to work your butt off, man. Yeah. Work ethic. Work ethic is everything, man. Like, for me, I don't care what my kid wants to do. Mm-hmm. Ballet. Actor, air steward, sports, I don't care. Just tell me you'll give it everything. Yeah. And that's all I can ask for. Because, you know, a lot of, I see a lot of parents forcing their kids to be doctors. And here's the example I like to use. You're forcing your kid to be a doctor. They do not want to be a doctor. And they've gone through medical school and they don't want to be there. Do I really want to get treated by a doctor who doesn't want to be a doctor? Yeah, I know. Very valid point. And I think, like, it's where we we saw that kind of shift that you're talking about where we're now starting to think about, okay, wait, no, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm not happy. Mm. And we we were kind of pushed into it because that was the thing to do. It was a cookie-cutter situation. Everything was kind of like set in stone, like you said. Yeah. Whereas now we're the first kind of generation to realize, wait, maybe actually it doesn't have to be this way. And I think we're trying to like kind of send that across. But on the other side of the of the comment you made, adaptability and being able to adapt, what are you doing to kind of, I guess teach that to your kids wow um well i think just the way i live my life mm-hmm. i mean they come home at two there's like you know we're set up with cams we're, we're like working you know <laughs> yeah. and then like i'll take breaks to 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 talk to them to let them understand and, and they're getting it right mm-hmm. um do they I, get the main messages and why you do what you do yeah yeah they get it uh because because then because uh, like a lot of the Teachers and kids in school follow our work as well, oh, okay. so they, they have to answer these questions. Uh, all right. <laughs> but I think the thing is, is like our style of videos. Mm. I think if you look, the thing that I love about what we've been able to do is Saram and I can do a skit, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can make a six minute sort of documentary on the importance of a DPNA code to support people of determination on airplanes. Right. So. I'm I'm even uh, just to just to like show how I'm trying to stay adaptable and stay changing is even in my style of videos. You change, yeah. So I'll do like a deep dive into something important, but I'll also do a a funny, a skit, funny skit, yeah, at home. And 
I, I, I'm, I'm taking, I'm not taking a cookie cutter approach with anything, mm. because you know people like, us, well, Salam and I will do skit and they'll do 2.3 million, mm. the biggest like views or something like that. The biggest mistake that I can make is to say, okay, that's what works. I'm gonna keep doing that, right? Because then I put myself in a position where I can't talk about the important stuff because people view me as, oh, you're the funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. But the, but the interesting thing is, although we do a lot of funny videos and a lot of deep videos. Most of the people, depending on where you follow me, you're going to get this impression of me. So for me, it's about having adaptability and incorporating change into everything that I do. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, I think we were, I don't know what the best term for this is, is we were victims of what we were doing well. Mm. And what we were doing well is, is our ability to produce a video every day. So uh, we've okay. been going, by the end of Ramadan, we calculated it, we'll have done 565 consecutive videos every day wow and that takes a bit of your soul (laughs) (laughs) so i mean i can't do a hard-hitting issue every day and i can't do a skit every day yeah um but we challenged ourselves why because we wanted to incorporate that work ethic into us because when you quit your job Mm. all right i don't want to wake up the next day wondering what i'm going to do was there any kind of discussion as to why you went for example english versus arabic because they're, cause I don't think, one, I don't think English media were doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they were covering human stories, important stories that connected us. I, right. think, I think we were too divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. Like, you need the clicks, you need yeah. the views. But you need to be balanced, too. Uh, as, as journalists, as... As media corporations, you need to be balanced, all right? You need to take that hit to say, okay, maybe this won't get the most views, but it's something important that people need to know. And even if it changes two or three people, that's 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 how you do it. So, number one, I just don't think they were doing a good job. Um, I don't know why. Okay. So you felt you needed to represent, you need to show better representation in the English media space. So, um, yeah. I don't want to say better. I just want to say the human. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess my question was because people will say you're from this region and the language of this region is Arabic. Why aren't you doing your content in Arabic? These are questions I got when I did season one of Millennial Mirrors. I got a lot of like, why aren't you doing the show in Arabic? So I guess my question is, did you get any kind of pushback as no. to why you went no. Arabic as opposed to English? No. If anything, if anything, it's been celebrated. Okay. It's like a lot. Most of the people who send me messages in Arabic, DM, say, thank you for finally mm. explaining to them. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. All right. I think I think where you get where people get the hit is if they make an... If an Arab makes a show in English for Arabs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah. my show was in English for the international community to understand us. Mm. And so, so there was no... For me, there was no pushback on that. For me, it was actually the Arabs, the first who only speak Arabic, were like, thank you for doing this. Okay. We've cool. needed a voice to be able to speak to people because they think this, they think that, they think, you know, the questions that you get, man, from into people across the world. When we did that video, when Muslims celebrate Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the comments, man, from people like, you know, like, you guys have churches? <laughs> like, like, I showed them a place where there's four churches surrounding a mosque. Mm. And they're like, you have church? I never knew you had churches. The amount yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you get that, especially if you've gone to study in the States, you realize there's a lot they, that the Western 
world doesn't, I guess, understand about where we come from. Yeah. And that was that, that that's one thing that like a lot of Arabs tell me like thank you for doing this. Um but I think I think if you make a show as an Arab in English for the Arab region, I think that's where you get a bit of pushback. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to take a quick break, sure. uh, but we'll be back with Khalid. I want to talk to you about, I guess, raising children to kind of understand the balance of Western and Eastern culture. Yeah. All right, so Sounds we'll good. be right back. This episode is sponsored by Carriage UAE, where you can get everything from food to groceries and even pet supplies. As someone who orders pretty much everything, I pay a lot in delivery charges every month. But now you can sign up for Carriage Black for 20 dirhams a month and get unlimited free deliveries, which saves me a bunch of money so I can order even more stuff. If you haven't tried it out yet, go to your app store and download the Carriage app. Check out the episode description of this podcast for more info. And we are back with Khalid. Thank so, you. Can you tell me a bit more about your background? Because you're a hybrid, right? You're a yeah, happy. yeah. I'm uh, my my father is a Marathi mm-hmm. and my mother is British. So how was it for you balancing? I guess the two sides of that identity. There were no balance, bro. It was it was shifts. Oh, uh, really? I grew up as a British kid, then transitioned as I like somewhere in mid high school. Okay. I started wearing kandora, speaking more Arabic. What were the reasons for that? I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think it was the school. Okay. Um, you know, there were a lot more uh, UAE nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was an international school and we were international, there was there was a big Emirati presence. So um, there was that. And it's just, I guess, growing up in my country and looking at my dad and looking at my future is like, I'm going to be here. So uh, I guess, you know, this is, and it's part of who I was, right? Mm. So um, I guess it was just a natural transition. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't a conscious thing. It's like, today, now I'm an Emirati. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's just something that happened. But, you know, always stay true to who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, love love the, the, the British side in me and always champion it and celebrate it. Um, you know, so for me, it was just a matter of like, I'm an Emirati, right? I mean, it's it's my passport. Yeah. It's my country. It's, it's it's the government who supports my family and I, and it's given us opportunities and stuff like that. It's a country that I'm like the UAE that I'm so proud of, just of what it's achieving and what it's being identified as, and what people from all around the world. But you know, beyond all this, you know, Emirati and British, I'm just a human being, man, and I mm-hmm. always come back to that. Like I've never, I've never worried about like where someone's from, where I'm from. You know, I just. I just, you know, just believe in being a good guy yeah. and, and uh, you know, letting that speak for, you, for itself. So I guess from, from that experience growing up and the shifts you went through, what lessons did you learn that you're kind of tra- trying to translate to your kids at the moment? I think the one major lesson that, that, I, that I want to, to share with my kids is you're an Emirati, hmm. but you're a citizen of the world. Right. All right. People... At the end of it all, don't care where you're from. Mm-hmm. All right. When someone comes to you, you re- all you really th- think about is how they made you feel. Right. All right. And I don't care where that other person is from. If they made me feel like a, like respected, then I treat them with respect. If they made me feel like a an a hole, <laughs> you know, like an idiot, then yeah. then I have a negative impression of them. Right. I'm not sitting thinking thinking you know where they're from and stuff. So for me. 
I just want to teach them that one underlying lesson just to be good in their life. With regards to identity, for them, I want them to understand that there's no pressure to feel that you need to identify with something. I think it's a journey. Hmm. And you discover it in your own time and at your own pace. All right? And, you know, I will always want them to be proud of where they're from. And I want to I want them to represent the UAE to the fullest because hmm. that's something that I try and always incorporate into who I am as a person. But I want them to get there at their own terms. I love my country for reasons that are different to other people. Right. All right? Um, so I want them to find that love in their own way, through their own journey, and not to be pressured by, like, shoving all this information and, you know, I want them to get there. And they will get there. And they will get there in their in their own time, at their own pace. But for me, um, as a parent, I try and never force anything on them. How old are your kids at the moment? Ten and six. So how do you have these kinds of conversations with kids that are still at that young age? For me, it's just, uh, for me, it's like, Having con- lo- making sure those conversations are light, mm. all right. So, so they're they're not heavy when yeah. it comes to heavy topics. I'm not presenting in a heavy way, right? Like this, I'm not talking about their behavior or yeah. you know all that stuff. But when I talk to them about a career or something mm. or you know their identity, it's a light conversation. Yeah, it's a light conversation. Like Khalifa asked, like why his hair tips are blonde or Abdullah's hair is blonde. Like, is that because my mommy, I'm like, yeah, because I'm half British. And like, oh, you like you like being British? I'm like, I like being British. I like being half Emirati. I, you know, it's, it's just an easy conversation so they can understand that, you know, it's not about, it's about loving yourself yeah. at the end of the day, right? You know, because, you know, Abdullah, I'm sure like when he goes and tells people he's an Emirati, when he's got white skin and very light blood hair, there's going to be a few questions. <laughs> you know? So yeah. for him to not doubt himself yeah that it doesn't make him any less of an emirati or any of those things because i feel that the identity of an emirati as everything is transitioning and sort of shifting so is the identity of what an emirati looks like and stuff like that because right. again what an emirati looked like 15 years ago is different was, was cookie cutter too <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. so I, I don't want them to sort of doubt that i never want them to have any doubt which is why i want the conversations to be light mm-hmm. and the co- and, and to sort of transition as they grow. Um, but for me, um, yeah, I think that I think that's the core thing that I'm looking Do at. Do they have struggles when they, I guess, go out as a blonde white kid and say he's a Malati? Is he getting pushback? Is, is that kind of happening? Are those things occurring? Uh, not, no. Okay. Uh, I, I was about to say not yet, but I, <laughs> I'm just hoping that it doesn't because okay. I think, I, like, I look at Malati kids yeah. all the time now, man. You see... Literally. Oh, every, yeah. like every, yeah. every nationality of the <laughs> yeah. world, you know, yeah, exactly. like we have gatherings in my house where it's like, like a kid is half Emirati, half Filipino, half yeah. Emirati, half Venezuelan. Half, yeah. Like I know, I, give me any country, yeah. I could, I could identify someone. Um, no, I, but I think my kids' personalities, you know, are, are like Khalifa's just always having fun. So I think yeah. he'll take it and just laugh at it. Um, I, my youngest son Abdullah, bless him. Uh, so Abdullah's on the autism spectrum. Mm. So I think if he's told that, he'll just let him have it <laughs> as honest <laughs> as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I like the way I look, and then just like walk off. Um, you did a video about the fact that your son is on the autism spectrum. Correct? Yeah, I did. And what was important for you to about making that video? 
you know, I, it was a combination of so many things, man. It's um, for me, it, it, it's the struggle as 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 a family, mm. um, the initial struggle of coming to terms with what's going on. You know, when when you're told that something's and I'm lifting my fingers, quote-unquote, different, mm-hmm. wrong with your child, you know, the first instinct as a parent is, how do I fix this? And there's a certain journey that you have to go on to tell yourself as a parent that, one, you can't fix this. And two, that peace you get when you finally realize that nothing needed to be fixed. Yeah. That... This is your child. They're beautiful, unique, just the way they are. And for me, the video was a lot about one. I mean, I wrote that script three years before I published the video. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, or sorry, two years. Because we had learned our child had autism. And then you go through the journey of, Mm. okay, we go to this doctor. Second opinion, third opinion. No, the doctor's wrong. Right. You know, because you're you're in denial. No, yeah. no, no. It's, you know, it's it's speech delay. It's what it's fifty other things. And then, you know, you come to this. When you finally get that piece, then you, then you can you look back and realize, you know, how much that you've learned from your child along the way. And and you start to see all these beautiful things that they do on a day to day basis in a completely different way. And I'm absolutely fascinated by Abdullah and the way that he looks at the world. Yeah. The way that he sees people. The way that, the way that he sees things that we don't see and notices things that we don't see. His passion for wildlife and animals and extreme sports. Um, the way he communicates. The way he, he expresses love. And I think it's only... And all of that came out in that video. Like, I... I couldn't like it took me like it was a, a it was a piece to camera yeah but it took me like an hour to shoot man because I kept crying and getting emotional because it was finally I was finally fully at peace you know because you know you, you, like everything it's a journey it's a it's it's it, you make progress with it right as a parent you're in denial at the beginning and then then you slowly start to find peace and at that moment when I woke up that day I was for the first time in my life, 100% at peace, not with all these treatments I needed to give him or medication that was recommended, all, but just here he is. This is who he is. Nothing, I, I, and, it's, and, and, and it's everything that I want. I, I, it's perfect. And, you know, so, so it, was, it was helpful. For, it was one of the most liberating videos I've ever done in my life. But I also wanted it to be an, a message to all these other parents. Because the amount of parents that were sending me messages saying, you know, our child has autism, we had, we struggled the same. We, again, back to that underlying message, we're all the same. Yeah. We all go through these things. And for me, that had to be the most important video in my life. And I think it always will be. Um, because, you know, it was a video that I wanted to to release a lot of information that was being held up inside and emotions. 
but also a video that I wanted Abdullah to be able to look back on when he's 25, 30, married, living his best life and go, yeah. you know, that made me proud. And when you came to that point of kind of, I guess, acceptance, how have things been since then? It's been beautiful, man. It's been, it's been incredible. Um, you know, and when I say acceptance, it's acceptance of the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. All right. And people need to sort of differentiate by that. Right, okay. Because it's not, like, like, I love Abdullah just as much then as I do now. Right. Uh, you know, so it's acceptance of the diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the and, situation. And, yeah, of the situation. Yeah, 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 but you need to be literal of these okay, things. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, very yeah. true. Yeah. You need so, to be literal. Um, so acceptance of the diagnosis mm-hmm. and, and, and what that meant for his life right. has been amazing. Um because because you can build on that right mm. so when when it's it's like everything with abdullah the foundation was malleable it was flexible we didn't know right but now we know okay so there's a solid foundation that we can build off now right. we realize that he has very unique skill sets mm-hmm. and that we need to build on those okay kind of makes me think about the traditional education system for a second right <laughs> it's, you know, like, yeah. like now, like, I mean, when we went to, so Khalifa's, Abdullah's in this new school that's just been built in Abu Dhabi, Al-Karama School for Children with Autism. Right. That is absolutely fantastic. It is brilliant uh, what they're doing there. Uh, developed by the Abu Dhabi Education Council. Um, Her Excellency okay. Saddam Salim um, was leading that project and, and a phenomenal job. I'm just going to punch it in here. Do a podcast there, man. Okay. Because what they're doing is truly groundbreaking for Children of determination, specifically children on the autism spectrum. Okay. So he's in this school. One month ago, he could barely put a sentence together. And now he's speaking. Oh, wow. He had a breakdown in his old school that was a mainstream school where he broke down on stage. And when I took him off the stage in the middle of the performance, from exhaustion, he passed out in my my arms. Just three weeks ago, he was on stage Screaming at the top of his lungs, a beautiful song. Like he sounded like Whitney Houston, man. Like this Amazing. guy was. This guy was. I mean, he was incredible yeah. because they have the tools and the infrastructure in place to Necessary develop off them. Actually... When I met with his teacher, uh, the teacher said, "I see your son as a wildlife photographer that does extreme sports." And I'm like, "Ah, you know I mean, <laughs> the clarification, yeah. right?" So for me, it's um, he's doing incredibly well. He is growing at such a rapid pace. Um, he is um, in a place where he's comfortable, but more importantly, I believe that we have a home where he's where he's just absolutely loved, just the way he is. And I think that's that's important not just for Abdullah, but for his brother to see, for every family to 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 feel within their home, because that's the foundation of it all. Like um, you know, I, I I know a lot of parents. Because I've been there, right? So I'm not I'm not judging or anything, but like culturally, you get you get scared of what people will say and think, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but nothing, no opinion of other people, um, no um, stamp or whatever they want to give on your child is stronger than the love that you will give that child. Yeah. So whatever they want to say or whatever they want to do. Or however they want to treat you or your child because of a diagnosis, that will never overcome the love that you have for that child, and that will never hurt the child at all 
because your love will always be stronger than that. So that's that's sort of the foundation that we have to build at home, and and he's thriving, alhamdulillah. Yeah, I think that 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 making home a place of unconditional love is a very kind of important foundation mm. for your children to know that no matter what the world may throw at you in this kind of space, that's what's that's always going to be available to you because it gives them that place to come back to always. Absolutely. I mean, I had a member of who worked with us on a video project and you know my kids came home from school mm-hmm. hug hug kiss kiss how was your day how it's good i love you i love you i love you i love you and then it was an arab it's like you know i don't hear much i'm around arab parents all the time arab families the words yeah i love you are not they're not expressed yeah do you, i think do you, do you see that as a kind of different a generational difference as well big time that we're like our generation is so much more expressive and a lot Big more time. huggy and a lot more kind of like Big time. I love you and all of that kind of stuff. Big time, bro. I think I think we are expressive and uh, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of liberation of that. There's a lot of acceptance, and, you know, through that. And um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of peace that's found through that. You know, I mean, there's it's an incredible thing to be loved and to be able to love someone. And um, I think expressing that, you know, people think, you know, like there's this meme that always goes around, like, you know, like, you know, you and your mom have a fight. And the way she says that she loves you is to, you know, shout, shout you to come down and eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. so, but like, you know, I think we're reaching that point where, you know, either it's the mom or the dad or whoever, just instead of asking you, you know, what you want or come and eat to come and say, you know, I love you. And um I think it's very powerful, and I think it is changing. That's that's amazing. Quick question, though, just to take a quick turn. Sure. Besides, I guess, that specific situation that you had, um, what do you think are some of the other struggles that parents of this new coming generation are facing in the region? I think... I mean, we've talked about, you know, being open to different career choices. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big one. Because, I mean, you know, in, in this part of the world, it's engineer, doctor. Um, so the acceptance so of your child's life decisions? Exactly. Yeah. I think that is one. I think their journey with identity. Mm-hmm. I think um, we are a international country, mm-hmm. big time. Um, and I think the world is becoming smaller. Um, I think another big one, and it's because we're in the space and it's so important to talk about, is when I look at what the kids do today mm-hmm. and I look at what we did as kids, they're not much different. <laughs> the biggest difference is we didn't have a camera recording it. Yeah. And then posting it. Yeah. Which I'm thankful for, personally. I, oh, dude, I am <laughs> so grateful right now. Like I say, alhamdulillah, man. Because... It, it's that. I mean, I look at them. And like, okay, these kids are. We were all acted stupid. Yeah. We all did crazy stuff. Yeah. But we didn't record that stuff. We yeah. just did it. And moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then woke up the next day. Hardly anyone remembered it. Yeah. We didn't. It wasn't going viral somewhere. Yeah. Or it wasn't. You know, with some authority. Yeah. Exactly. I think we need to understand. Like I need, Like I. I'm like kid. Like has a phone. Sometimes they don't mm. own a phone. Um, Kharifa. Mm. Um, because like he's getting to that age where he'll go to the grocery store in the in the place, so we want right. to have just at all times. But 
for me, it's like they need to understand like you can't do something and it may be funny to your friends and funny to a lot of people and funny to you at the time, but that's going to follow you. And two, it's going to get you in serious trouble in that moment, even yeah. if you think it's funny. So just letting them understand the repercussions of, okay, look, I get it. You're a kid. You're a teen. You're going to do silly stuff. Yeah. Just don't record it. Yeah, for the love of God. <laughs> for the love of God, don't record it. Like, I will literally, like, I'm more I'm more worried about a phone in a teenager's hand yeah. than I am about in a kid's hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because, like, I've just seen so many mistakes made, and those mistakes will not go away. Yeah. They will follow you for the rest of your life. You just put the fear of God into any parent listening right now. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. it, but it's true. Yeah, it is. It is true, man. I mean, I, I mean, the fact that someone will come to me and say, hey, I saw a video from you from three years ago. It was really nice. You know, that could be taken as an opposite too, right? Hey, aren't you that guy from 10 years ago who... Did that thing did that, that went thing viral. Did that thing that went viral. <laughs> Idiot. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, and you need true. to get a job. And now with jobs or colleges, you think they're not checking all this stuff. Yeah. So for me, you know, as much as identity and all these things... The coming together of the real world and the virtual world, uh, more so, more than ever. And it's only going to keep getting more. It's only going to keep getting more. So the risks are higher if we're not informed and if we're not responsible in the image that we put on the internet. Hmm. Which is very important. needs to be very, very kind of carefully managed. Big time. And they need to understand the importance of it from a very young age. I Big think. time. So yeah. I, I always share that with Khalifa and Abdullah because they see me on the internet a lot. Yeah, and their parent. I mean, they show our videos in schools mm-hmm. and stuff for some of the topics we talk about. So I think it's really important that he understands that there's a reason. Uh, like, I'm proud of the image that I am there. Mm-hmm. I'm proud. And uh, that's what I want my kids to have. Like, to be able to get out of the way when they think something's a bit stupid and to get closer to the things that they think will make people proud and be responsible. Amazing. Okay, so we have three questions we ask at the end of the podcast to all okay. our guests. Um, so the first question is, what is the part of the culture you grew up in that you carry with you always? Tolerance. Tolerance. Um, you know, just for me, it's, uh, and that's it's the year of tolerance, but mm-hmm. one thing I learned from a very young age when I would go to my dad's office um, during summer just to visit him um, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I saw so many different nationalities, uh, so many different people, um, so just the way that they were able to work and come together um, to make their lives better is uh, is important to me and something that my dad always showed me and taught me. I mean, given that my household had a an Arab father and yeah. a blonde-haired, blue-eyed British mother, you know, <laughs> kind of put that lesson home for me. Yeah. But, you know, in this culture, I believe that the UAE, the foundations of the UAE has always been to be a home to people from all over the world, no matter what they looked like, no matter what they believed in, to just be able to come here and live a life of peace and dignity and call this country home. And that's something that I, that's a flag that I carry with me very proudly. Amazing. And what is the quality you most value in the people you keep around you? Kindness. Kindness. Yeah. I think, I think if you're, um, if you're kind to other people, man, you're just, you're always seen in this light um, you know, people just, you just smile. You know, when someone comes in the room, they don't say anything, you just smile at them yeah. because you know that they're a good person. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's it's kindness um, just to be able to be kind to, to, to each other, but also to see them do acts of kindness beyond that um, to other people, people they don't know. 
Um, so I always try and like make sure that they're good, good kind people around me. Um, I have a close second. Can I say it? Yeah, go for work it. Work ethic. Work ethic. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think. Uh, I think you know a lot of people talk about dreams and ambitions and motivational speeches, man, and we put all that aside and just work. Yeah. Work, 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 sleep, work, 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 sleep, repeat. You know. Um, and I skipped eating and exercise and all that <laughs> purposefully because yeah. sometimes you don't even get yeah. time for that. Amazing. And the last question is, what makes you happy? My family. Your family? Yeah. Um, just they're everything to me, man. Um, my wife and my kids, they just, they just like, whenever I'm around them, I'm just completely at peace. <laughs> I'm just so happy. Because for me, it's like happiness is, is something that can fluctuate, right? Mm. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm in this constant state of peace and joy um, when I'm around my family, when I'm like laughing with Sarama about something stupid, when I watch my kids just say the craziest stuff, uh, just being around them, watching them, just watching them. It's, it's, it's like the best feeling in the world to me. Um, so for me, uh, that gives me sort of this, this, this inner state of peace. This just, I'm exact, like every time I'm with them, I know I'm exactly where I need to be. Amazing. Well, that's all our questions for today. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. I loved it. So where can people find out more about you or follow you or find out more about anything you're working on at the moment or even if you want to plug the Determination Project or anything like that? Um, For me, um, we're doing... uh, You can follow all our daily videos uh, on Ramadan um, at Khalid Al Amri Mm -hmm. on Facebook, um, Instagram Khalid Al Amri. Um, we're, we've got a couple of series in the pipeline. Um, so we're trying to do the same thing where mm-hmm. we actually work with companies to do a series of videos with them. A couple of announcements coming in the future, inshallah. We're Amazing. in the process of signing stuff. So, uh, so like, inshallah, yeah, I need God, please make it happen. <laughs> but we've got some life-changing stuff that we hope to happen. Um, inshallah, the, fi- the 565 videos we've done is going to lead into the bigger stuff, but that's what it took to get where we are. So Khalid Amri on Facebook, Khalid Amri on Instagram. Uh, plug my wife, Sanama. She's awesome. Sanama Mohammed on Instagram. Um, she's She makes amazing content, hilarious stuff. Uh, check her out. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned for the future, man. All right, so we'll put all the links, guys, in the episode description, so you'll be able to, able to find them quite easily. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. As always, I love your comments and messages, so keep them coming. You can reach me on the Millennial Mirrors or Instagram page if you want to let me know about future episode ideas or comments or questions or anything. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Rami or wherever you're listening. Join me next week for another episode of Millennial Mirrors. This has been a production of Finial Media, and this is Mshari al signing out. Bye, guys. Bye.